0: For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. Let's be honest, having a recognized brand name doesn't guarantee anything. Just one major slip up one scandal and quickly tarnish the most profitable of brands. That's because people want to do business with companies they trust and whose reputations are strong. In fact, studies show that highly trusted companies have a profit advantage over those with trust issues. Yet, many CEOs admit they do not understand how to manage reputation or build trust with consumers and customers. So where do they turn? To companies like the Reputation Institute. My guest today is Kylie Wright Ford, Chief Executive Officer of the Reputation Institute, whose data and insights technology helps companies build credibility worldwide. Kylie joins me to discuss the importance of maintaining a strong brand reputation, how purpose plays into the equation and what marketers can do to build brand trust. Kylie, thanks for joining me on Beyond Profit. It's a pleasure, Ken. So Kylie, I think we can safely say that managing a brand's reputation is not easy, especially in today's digital environment. So I'd love to hear some of the challenges that your clients are facing and how your business is keeping them on the straight and narrow.
1: It's a very true statement that nothing is easy uh, in this digital environment. Everything's moving faster than ever, Ken. And, uh, Managing brand and reputation has always been important. We've known that, but the heightened sense of accountability for companies and the higher amount of activism amongst shareholders, employees, and the regular activists out in the marketplace have made it particularly challenging for companies to understand how they can operate successfully, be responsible, and attract the things that they need, whether it's capital or human capital or other uh, support to do their business. And so we spend our time speaking to companies around the world that are interested in able in being able to prioritize their activities. In short, we quantify their reputation for them so that they can think about what opportunities there are and what risks. Two trends I think I'd point out to you today, Ken, about things that they're saying to us when talking about their reputation and how purpose plays into it is like, first, it's really hard for them to think about how to connect the enterprise to the products and services Many companies have multiple brands and each brand might have their own calling and their own persona. And then how do they connect that to the parent brand in a way that serves the purposes of all? That's one. The second is lots of companies are struggling with how to get a return on their activities. In the past, when they wanted to be approving societal good, they might be likely to set up a charity send some money into an activity that was good or do some other positive thing. That's no longer enough, and it doesn't always pay off in the same way that it used to. The bar is higher, so companies are struggling with that.
0: How does one measure a return on activities, as you just said?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. We've dedicated our life to quantifying reputation, which the way we define it is it's the emotional bond that folks have with a company. And so to quantify it, you have to understand what drives it, So we diagnose that and we've built an algorithm to do so. And then you think about what you are doing now, what you need to change, and then you measure whether what you did changed. And so we're pretty uh, practical about it. We come to a company, we give them a measurement out of 100 at the headline, and then we look into the seven dimensions that drive reputation. And then they help us to understand what their goal is. For example, they might want to improve their perception of innovation so they take certain activities we measure them before and after and tell them how they're doing and then we redirect if if that's required so there are tools people can use and it's usually not a a dollar that they're coming to uh, get a return on it's usually a return on the activity that is i want to do xyz can you help me and then can you help me understand whether that action and communication resonated with those I wanted it
0: to. So building a strong brand reputation doesn't happen overnight. takes lots of time and effort. What are some of the factors that influence reputation the most?
1: Another true statement that I think Warren Buffett has said in a, a similar way, which is it takes a long time to build and can be broken in, in a few minutes, especially in a digital world in the demographic that we currently live in. And so there's a lot of factors that, that go into a reputation and they're different in each industry. And so we look at uh, seven particular dimensions, but increasingly the dimensions that relate to how the company is run, for example, governance, citizenship, governance and citizenship are becoming more important than ever. So that's a factor that on the rise in terms of influencing how people think about it. I live in Boston, Ken, and I was walking down the street the other day, and uh, I walked past an advertisement, and uh, it was for an athletics store, but they were touting that they are a uh, particular capital structure which allows them to give back money, so a B Corp. And I was just reflecting on what an unusual era we're in when an athletics company is bragging about the capital structure. It's just a really odd place to be. And what it speaks to is people are interested. What's your governance? How do you look after the company? Are you responsible or not?
0: So, Kylie, no business can be perfect, right, year after year. I mean, something at some point is bound to happen. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about the importance of being honest and transparent and consistent with customers when there are missteps?
1: Indeed. And you're right. Every company will have something going on and it just gets spread a lot faster. Word travels much quicker now than it did in the days of old where you had to get together in a a common gathering and, and share information the old fashioned way. And so every company needs to brace themselves for the inevitable. It used to be in our business, say 10 years ago, that they would Clients would come to us when they had, you know, an inkling that something might be around the corner in terms of a a change in the environment, and now they come to us and say, it's going to happen, a reputational bump, help us plan for it. And operating responsibly, communicating authentically, and boldly activating a purpose is a way that um, companies can not only prepare for, but they can also actually put sort of a buffer between them and a crisis, and they can use those things to align the management team, and that is a major benefit that comes from having a good purpose and having a good reputation. You can align your management team, which is really hard. But speaking of missteps, I I was thinking recently about the hallmark advertising issue that they had where they had released an ad that some of their viewers had an objection to, and it was a an ad about weddings and featured same-sex couples. It was interesting to watch their reaction to that because they pulled the ad initially and then went back and apologized for that. And of course, there were many stakeholders involved in that decision. And I think that was a really interesting case study of when missteps happen. It's not only about Did you have a good reputation beforehand? But how did you handle it? And were you true to yourself or not is what people are looking for these days.
0: You mentioned um, a little early about boldly activating purpose. Do you believe that brands that do just that are more resilient in the face of scandals or bad news?
1: I think it's a bit too early to say on this. Relevance of purpose has always been there for companies and we we have sometimes expressed it in mission or some other term, but the heightened awareness now of what purpose means and how important it is to companies has been really elevated and of course accelerated by the Business Roundtable Declaration. But I think it's too early to say that it makes companies more resilient. Our work in reputation is mathematically proven to show that companies with better reputation have a better buffer when there is a crisis. And purpose is related to, but not the same as. So let's keep watching that. We run the math all the time, and I'll have a, another answer for you in six months, Ken, if you, if you bring me
0: back. Sure. <laughs> I would love to. As you're aware, Kylie, um, more brands are looking to address economic, societal, and environmental challenges. Do you feel that there will be more potential threats to the brand reputation as a result of this?
1: Yes. In an unusual era, and the valuation on balance sheets of intangibles has been increasing for some 10 to 15 years. And what that means is the value of the brand is starting to take up a bigger proportion of the balance sheet than the normal things that you would see on the balance sheet that are, are considered more measurable. So yes, I think this will continue to be a trend. I think the uh, accountability of uh, on companies will continue to be something that uh, consumers focus on. I think it's harder than ever to attract talent unless you have a good purpose and a good reputation. And then you look at what the threats are out there. Data and privacy are a really, really big one. The the need for quality is a really, really big one. And, of course, climate change. I'm Australian and watching what's going on in Australia at the moment and seeing the world react to the reality of climate change in a very emotional way is, again, an, an example of how our era is different now. So absolutely, there will be more potential threats.
0: Can you just tell me briefly about some of the emerging tools that you offer your clients to help them monitor their reputation?
1: Certainly. So we've talked about reputation being the emotional bond. And then there's, of course, brand, which is the promise you put out in the world. Sometimes we say reputation is, you know, all about whether you kept your promise or not. And so the two are slightly different. So we have different tools to track both brand reputation and now we also have purpose and when we say tools it's a system so there's an algorithm at the heart which collects data on what people think of you and then there's services and a digital platform to actually look at how it's changing over time gather more data points and more importantly understand what it means our clients are coming to us and saying what action should I take here lots of clients have media monitoring tools which are plentiful out there I would say my advice to clients is always make sure you understand what you're getting because many people are drowning in data and having a single frame of reference to look through when you're trying to understand what's going on is what we bring to them with RepTrack. So we work nicely with a lot of other tools out there. Of course, Glassdoor has become ubiquitous and many people do use other uh, types of customer satisfaction scores. What we do is bring them all together under one roof, if you like, so that you can have a single lens to look at it all.
0: You mentioned tracking purpose, and which piqued my interest. What exactly are you tracking?
1: Yes, certainly. So when we saw this heightened interest in purpose, we went ahead and uh, used our our mathematical capabilities to find out whether companies were doing well on this when it in the eyes of the public. And so what we did was we built an algorithm and tested its validity around uh, how people were viewed. And so what we found is that of the 200 companies that we looked at and ranked, only seven of them had a strong purpose in the eyes of the public. Out of the top 100, only seven. Just reflect on that for a minute because we mathematically found something that stood up and captured what purpose means. And so few people have a strong one. So the public is on the fence about this. The findings that we had were there's a new emergence of brand leaders that are defining what this means. They're not all brands that in a category, which is easy. For example, some of the brands like Allbirds and REI leaders are tempted to say that's okay. They're in the business of using sustainable goods or it's easy for them. That's actually not true that your category isn't your destiny. There's lots of good companies up there. Microsoft features well. Even companies like Honeywell and some financial services companies, Toyota, there are a range of brands that have done a really nice job in connecting themselves to their purpose.
0: Were you surprised about those purpose results? I mean, I'm quite shocked, to be honest with you.
1: I was very surprised. I was totally shocked. First of all, I think there's a lot of work to do, so leaders have a long way to go on this. I was also shocked at how happy I was to go in and look at some of the companies that have been in the market a long, long time. It is hard to have longevity, and it's hard to keep reinventing yourself and staying relevant. So I was really delighted, you know, Companies like Kellogg's who have worked so hard to know what they stand for, you wouldn't naturally put in a category of a purpose-driven company, but they've done a really nice job of connecting with both their employees and their consumers to tell them what they stand for. And that's the starting point. What do you stand for? Are you honest about it? Do you communicate authentically? And do you live by what you say and the decisions you make?
0: Talk a bit about the important role that marketing plays in all this and building and sustaining a strong brand reputation.
1: Marketing is at the is the cutting edge of everything that we see and do out there as we operate in society, so they have the ultimate power to shape our thinking. We are past the era where we act as humans in any one role. Sometimes we're employees, sometimes we're consumers, we're often investors, even if just through our, uh, our sort of retirement savings. And so we have a multitude of hats that we wear now and marketers are reaching us in all of these different ways. So I'm really excited about the impact that the marketing uh, talent can have on the world. I do think they're a little bit further behind than some of the other leaders in thinking about why this matters because they're so connected in often to what the consumer or the non-consumer thinks. And it's just a little more complicated than that. We work as both chief communications officers and chief marketing officers and ultimately the CEO to think about what different roles people play, but I think the the impact could be huge once marketers work out what it means.
0: So it sounds to me like you also feel marketing needs to step up its game, perhaps, with internal communications.
1: So I think collaboration and alignment in leadership teams is what needs to change, and I think boards need to take more interest. When boards take more interest, the C-suite will take more interest, the company will be more aligned, and everyone will benefit. That's a beautiful thing here. This is not a zero-sum game. Everyone can win from companies knowing what they're calling is taking actions against that and making good decisions that have a positive societal impact, but they don't have to be in the category. Again, you don't have to be doing something that's inherently progressing an aspect of society you can operate in a way that's responsible and still be great for the world.
0: Lastly, are you encouraged by the efforts that brands make in to maintain a good reputation? You feel like you've made some serious headway over the past uh, decade or so?
1: It depends on the day, Ken. <laughs> some days I, I feel great and our own purpose is to prove that doing and saying the right thing is good business. So, you know, we work with wonderful companies all over the world, some of them very deep and mature in how they think about their reputation and their brand, and some just waking up to the idea that you can quantify it. Uh, We've been in business for 15 years and have worked with many, many people on different parts of the spectrum. And sometimes I think people are looking for the quick fix which doesn't occur. And sometimes I think people are looking for the saying, not the doing. And you can't have just one. Lots of companies then are doing a lot of good stuff and they're frustrated because they're not getting credit. So what we help them do is build credibility with certain segments that are not believing them and are sitting on the fence. Overall, yes, some days are harder than others and some days are super exciting because I see that the power of focusing on your different stakeholders, thinking about what they need and thinking about how to connect with them.
0: Well, Kylie, thank you so much for joining me today on Beyond Profit.
1: You're welcome. Anytime. And it's a great topic. So thank you for elevating it.
0: To learn more about the great work of the Reputation Institute, please visit reputationinstitute.com. That's reputationinstitute.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.